today on the Almond Journey podcast. When we take it to the holer, we have a cleaner product for them to run. And now with freight being an issue and, and the holers charging for freight, we can take advantage of this new, better efficient equipment that's going to give us a cleaner product. We're talking low dust equipment with Kern County almond grower, Brett Sill. To the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On this show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work on their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I'm traveling up and down the valley, virtually in this case, to feature the leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their communities, and advance the almond industry. Today's episode is going to take us down Highway 99 South to Kern County to visit with Brett Sill of Sill Properties. Brett's family has been farming in the Shafter area for going on 100 years now and is still producing high-quality crops on some of that same ground. We're a fourth-generation farm. My great-great-grandfather moved here in 1895, and we got started in in, um, more the implement business, the discs and rippers and stuff like that. And then the company got into real estate and oil, and then bought their first piece of ground to farm on back in like the 30s. And that's the still ground that we farm in today. I think uh, part of that ground, we're going on our third set of uh, almonds. I think when my dad graduated from college, he came back from Cal Poly and goes, he's like, man, that 160 acre almonds made more than 2,000 acres of cotton. And then so here today, we have over 2,000 acres of almonds and zero cotton. Brett attributes some of that success over time to the fact that they embrace innovation and technology, which recently has meant new irrigation technology, autonomous sprayers, and low-dust harvest equipment, which is what we're going to focus on here in today's episode. But Brett says he wasn't necessarily always set on coming back to the family operation, at least not right away. He spent the first couple decades of his career in the produce industry. When I graduated from Cal Poly, I got a job over in Oxnard working for a produce shipper. And then I started up a processing plant back in Atlanta, Georgia, and was out there for 15 years before I came back to the farm. When I moved back to Bakersfield and and started working for the family farm, I was, you know, I was in my late 40s and I was like, well, I'll go ahead and do the almond leadership just because I wanted to to really see and meet people in the industry. And when I first went to the Almond Conference, I was really just surprised at how well and organized it was and really focused just in on that particular crop. Because, you know, going to the PMAs and the produce, I mean, we had hundreds of crops that they were looking at. And it was, it was really good to see how they really just focused on, on that crop and what they were doing. So I went through the Almond Leadership Program about three years ago. And it's just a great way for me to get introduced into the, to the industry and just to meet the people and to be able to see what other aspects and what other industries are coming out of the almond, almond board. Brett's leadership and vision have led him to really embrace new technology, especially when it comes to low-dust harvest equipment. And that's where we'll kick off today's featured conversation. Yeah, I've been um, really progressive in the technology, whether it's uh, irrigation using uh, soil moisture probes, whether we're using gusts to 
to use some self-autonomous spraying and just looking at all the different things that are out there and seeing what we can do to be, become a better farmer. You know, just automation is one thing that we're looking at and we're using right now for our irrigation, just to be able to schedule irrigations and to be able to plan and, and take advantage of time of use when that's available. Brett mentioned GUS there, which stands for Global Unmanned Spray System. They're those futuristic-looking, fully autonomous sprayers that you may have seen in orchards in recent years. And maybe we could do a whole other podcast on that technology, but for today, we're going to focus on harvest equipment. And with some ground already in their third crop of almonds, the Sill family has seen quite an evolution in harvesting efficiency since the old ways of doing things. Yeah, it'd be manpower, just um, knocking them off the trees and raking them up and picking them up. So it's uh, definitely has come a long way since the early days of almond harvesting. And, you know, now we're getting to self-propelled harvesters and dustless harvesters and just things that we can take advantage because uh, the San Joaquin Airborne has given up some, some funding to just be progressive and really upgrade some of the old equipment that we've had on the farm. And so have you gotten involved in some of those incentives from the Air Board? Yeah, absolutely. We've um, gotten shakers and sweepers and low dust harvesters. So we just have taken advantage of all those opportunities so that we could upgrade our equipment because it goes down fast. I mean, when you're shaking the tree and, and, and doing that, those things are rattling around a lot of, lot of maintenance. And so the more that we can update and get the newest technology then the more efficient that we can be in harvest. Okay. And how long has it been? Have you been on this sort of like this track to lower your dust? You know, when did that start as far as like consciously saying we need to get lower dust equipment in here and kind of how long have you been on that road? Well, we purchased our first low dust harvester like three years ago. So this is actually going to be our fourth season with our first machine. And then we purchased another one the year after. So this is going to be our third season with that machine. So we've just been looking at equipment and seeing, you know, what can we do to make it, make it better, not, not only for our orchard and our trees, but our employees as well. Uh, you know, they don't want to be sitting out there and in, in that dust. So they want to make something that's clean and, and environmental friendly. Yeah, no, that's a great point about, about the employees as well. Could you maybe give us a snapshot of the difference in dust from the equipment that maybe you grew up with to the equipment now? You know, what is the impact of the, the changing of the equipment? So not only becoming more efficient, but also being able to get a better product quality so that we're not picking up so much dirt. We're not picking up so many sticks and, and all the form material that some of this new equipment with the chains and the belts that they can do a better job of cleaning up that product. So when we take it to the holer, we have a cleaner product for them to run. And now with freight being an issue and, and the holers charging for freight, we can take advantage of this new, better efficient equipment that's going to give us a cleaner product. Awesome. And then with the incentives that were available from the, the Air Board, how does that work? You know, do you have to come to, uh, with them with a plan or maybe kind of walk us through that process? Yeah. So we work with our, um, our vendors. So uh, if we're buying a, a low dust harvester from Exact, we would work with them to what is like equipment that we can get to exchange. So what do we have? What have we been using? And, and with that like equipment that the Air Board will approve. So once we pick out a, a piece of equipment that we want, like this low dust harvester, then 
the air board will come out and look at our old harvester and say, okay, that's like equipment. Okay, here's the program. It's 50% off. You buy a new one. You have to turn in the old piece of equipment. They destroy that. And then we, we get our new piece of equipment. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like almost a no brainer if you can do it. Absolutely. It is a no brainer. I mean, and not just with the almond equipment, but even the orchard tractors we can do with old orchard tractors or, you know, other equipment that we have on the farm, we can take advantage of the, the funds that the airborne has and just upgrade our fleet of equipment and keep us running. Awesome. You did a great job of explaining the importance of bringing kind of clean material to the holder sheller. Could you maybe talk about some of the the other impacts of lowering dust, maybe, you know, on employees or just kind of community type uh, perspective? Why is that important? Well, I think it's important. First, you look at the orchard and as you're going through there several times, you're just adding more stress to the orchards by kicking up more dust, whether it's mites flaring up or just the, the leaves being covered in dust and and knowing that's not going to have rain to wash that off anytime soon, that the less stress that we can put on the orchard, then I think the better off those trees are. Because we're continuing to grow for next year's crop during harvest and beyond. And so we still want to keep those trees with less stress as possible. Right. You know, you talked about the stress that the dust can put the trees under. Have you noticed any difference there since you started stressing the trees less? Have you noticed any sort of a performance difference in in the orchard itself? Well, we've seen improvements in the last couple of years. I don't know if it's totally directly correlated to the low dust harvester, but I think that's something that it definitely helps. So by just keeping that dust down as you're going through the orchard is going to help those trees. And what about kind of the public component of that, of kind of being a responsible almond grower to the public? Yeah, we hear that all the time, you know, from friends and saying, oh, almond season's here and here goes my allergies because all the dust from pollen that we're kicking up. And so just being able to be more sustainable in our orchard by using some of the equipment that's out there to keep that dust down is obviously something that we're going to try and help our environment out. Right. And you mentioned mites there. Have you noticed any sort of a difference since you've lowered your, your dust in terms of controlling, you know, pests like mites? Yeah, I think it definitely does help by keeping the dust down, then we're not flaring those mites up. So anything that we can do, whether it's watering the roads or putting oil down on the roads is to keep that dust from going up as many things that we use in the farm to help control some of those pests. Cool. And with the equipment itself, performance wise, you know, do you have to sacrifice performance on any of the equipment to get this low dust equipment? No, it's actually the opposite. Um, just some of the efficiencies that the low dust harvesters can do is just there's more settings that we can do. And, and even with the self-propelled, you can, you can save just on the efficiencies of turning, you know, right back into that same row and turning quicker. And, you know, you could save anywhere from 25% with the self-propelled harvester, just with the turning and the speed that you can do, because there's more settings that you can do. You have a lower wheelbase so it's not as long you only have one piece of equipment that you're towing so it's definitely more efficient sure definitely if somebody else is is kind of thinking about with these incentives from the air board and you know the performance being even better with this new equipment you know i want to do this what what advice would you give them to help them mentally prepare for the process you need to start early so um, as soon as those funds become available from nrcs or the San Joaquin Air Board, 
you need to jump on it quick and be ready to go because people are taking advantage of them. The manufacturers are also in high demand. So you need to make sure that you can get that piece of equipment and that the timing all works. So, you know, you have to do it quick before the funds run out and you got to make sure that your manufacturer can come through with a piece of equipment in that time frame that the air board will require you to have that new piece of equipment. Okay. So yeah, you got to be in the ear of your manufacturer early. And then as soon as it comes available, it's, it's kind of a joint effort. It sounds like between you and them. Yeah, definitely. You have to work together with those. So work with your vendors and your manufacturers and then know when that air board is, those funds are coming available so you can jump on and take advantage of it. Okay. And what, what are the requirements from the air board? Is it, is it one piece of equipment that you can apply to get this incentive for? I mean, how, how do they structure it? So it's, it's like equipment. So if you have an old harvester, you can trade for, for a newer harvest. If you have an old orchard tractor, you can trade in for a new, newer tractor. And so some of them are based on percent or some of them are based on horsepower. So they'll give X amount of money for the horsepower that you have in an old PC equipment. And you can use that for a, a like type equipment. Yeah, it makes sense. No, well, great. Uh, any, anything else specifically on this part uh, of what you're up to, this kind of lower dust equipment, anything else you think we should be sure we mention? Yeah, I think the one thing that, um, you know, NRCS and the, and the San Joaquin Air Board, they need to look at is conditioners. I know it's not something that that they're approving to have funding for, but to me, that is something that creates, if not more dust than a harvester. And so that's something that they should be looking at because, you know, the conditioners do create a lot of dust, but then that also helps us get a cleaner product. So if we're conditioning our almonds and we're paying less freight to go to the holer, and then we're giving the holer a, a cleaner product, less sticks, rocks, and foreign material in there. And so I think that if they could work to get those, I think you could even reduce the dust even more. Okay, gotcha. But they're not currently offering the incentives for conditioners. They're not. They're saying conditioning is not uh, a necessary aspect of almonds. But, you know, if we're to reduce the dust by 50%, then we need to have conditioners on that and so that we can take advantage of buying new low dust conditioners. Yeah. And are, are you using any conditioners currently? Yeah, we have three conditioners that we use. None of them are low dust because we haven't been able to take advantage of the air board or NRCS because they're not approving funding for that piece of equipment. So we just have our typical old conditioners that we're going to continue to run until they can come with some funding. And then I think we'll look at um, getting one of those low dust conditioners. Sure. And it sounds like you're already using the self-propelled harvester. Is that right? We have not. We've looked at them and um, we're definitely going to be looking into when we need a new harvester. We bought two of the low dust. So we're in pretty good shape right now on our harvesting equipment. But definitely our next purchase would be that self-propelled harvester. Very cool. Well, you're obviously thinking a lot about, you know, technology and, and the future of, of, you know, growing almonds. What do you see as next or what, what other technology would you like to add next to your operation? Yeah, it'd be the uh, self-automation, um, being able to take advantage of time of use and being able to schedule out irrigation events and being able to switch sets and be able to, you know, we have one ranch where we have a hard time getting water penetration. And so we've done different things where we've done six on, six off or 12 on and 12 off and just 
try different things that we normally couldn't do because I'm not going to ask someone to go change sets in the middle of the night, or I'm not going to ask them to go turn on that well or turn it off in the middle of the night. So those things that we can take advantage of and try different things on the ranch to see what's going to work because every, every orchard is going to be different. And so when you have a problem orchard that, that you can have the ability to try something different is always something that you can learn from and find something that works. And then you could take that on to another ranch that you have issues with. I know you're interested in automation when it comes to irrigation and you're looking at Gus. What about something like that when it comes to harvest where it's fully autonomous? Yeah, I think uh, shakers would be something really good to have autonomous just because now you're not relying on, you know, your employee to say, okay, how long am I going to shake that tree? Is that a young tree? Is that an old tree? Should I shake it, you know, three seconds, five seconds? What, what should I be doing? And I think having that technology and a shaker could really improve efficiencies because we see the efficiencies of shakers, you know, wide range from, you know, say 50% to 75%. And so just, it just depends on the driver that is driving that and, and the experience and the skills that they have can really improve the efficiencies of shakers. And so self-autonomous shakers, I think something that's going to be coming down the pipeline soon. And I'd be really excited to see that out in the orchard. Yeah, that'd be fascinating. And if I'm understanding you correctly, it's kind of like irrigation where if you don't have any data or automation, you're just going to irrigate what you know is plenty, right? Uh, and similar with with shaking, if you don't have any of that data, you're going to just shake it plenty, right? And so it seems like there's probably a lot of efficiencies to be gained there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the efficiencies, because we see this such a, a wide range of efficiencies in our shakers and and that can really make or break you know, harvest season where you could end up maybe three or four days ahead of schedule it. You know, if I had all drivers, like I had my number one driver, if I had five of those all the same, I'd be doing a heck of a lot more acres per day. And as you talk to, you know, your peers, other, other producers out there, and they're saying, you know, like, I don't know how you do all that, you know, that new stuff, you know, I, I don't want to, I just don't want to mess with it. You know, what, what's your response to that? It's like anything, you know, you get a new cell phone. Sometimes it takes you a while to get used to that new cell phone and learn the different things that that phone can do. It's just like with automation. It's just like with soil moisture probes. It's, it's spending time to learn what that technology can do. And then you really start to learn like how that water is moving through your soil. You know, does it continue to move down through the profile even after you shut that water off? And that's something that really helped me become a better irrigator is, is watching that constantly and using the tools that we have in our toolbox so that we can utilize that technology to the best of its purpose. And you just have to, you have to get in there and you have to use it. Well, I would guess that for every, you know, one technology you fully embraced, there's probably at least a dozen that you have chosen not to. How do you approach that as far as filtering out what's going to work versus what's not? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's so much technology out there. You got to see what is going to work for you and for your farm, because if not, we'd go broke trying to farm using all the technology that's out there. And so it's just deciphering what I think I can use. That's going to be good for, for me and for our farm and the orchards that we have out there. And, and what makes sense on, you know, making it easier for my guys that they, you know, can be doing something else instead of running 10, 15 miles to turn on a well. I could turn that on and have automatic oilers go in and I can watch and have depth sensors on the, on the uh, reservoirs. 
and they could be doing something else and then get around to check that field or that filter station at a later time. So it's just things that we can do just to make it more efficient and make it easier for my guys because, um, you know, we used to work 10 hours a day and now next year we're going to be down to eight hours. And so we have to become more efficient to be able to get done what we need to get done. Well, huge thank you to Brett Sill of Sill Properties for taking the time to share his journey into low dust harvesting here on the show. I want to make sure we emphasize the fact that there are incentives out there for this type of equipment that can make an operation both more efficient and more environmentally friendly. So that's what we're going to focus on in today's ABC update. And joining me for today's ABC update is Jesse Roseman, Principal Analyst for the Almond Board. Jesse's work focuses on research projects that cross over into the regulatory space, such as air quality, water quality, water supply, and pesticide use. He also manages the Ag Regulatory Subcommittee. Dust is often the most visible part of almond production. And we know that uh, there are orchards along roads, along freeways, and also adjacent to neighborhoods. So reducing that dust is a lot about just being good neighbors. The research that the Almond Board has supported in this area goes far beyond just helping growers to be good neighbors, although that's certainly an important part. The work has enabled the regulatory agencies to dedicate the funding needed for the incentives that Brett has taken advantage of. The Almond Board has done a lot of research into ways that growers can improve using conventional equipment. But we've also done research that has made it possible for regulatory agencies to provide incentives to growers to purchase new equipment that's lower in dust production. And it also, on average, reduces it by around 50%. So we really encourage growers that are thinking about purchasing a new new harvester to go to the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District or go to their local NRCS office and apply for that those cost share programs and help defray the cost of purchasing one of these low dust harvester pieces of equipment that is going to make a big difference in, in how much dust comes comes out of their orchard. Roseman says there are a ton of resources on dust reduction if you go to the almonds.com website, including the Harvest Dust Best Management Practices that we discussed back on episode six, as well as some videos and links to the incentive programs that Brett described a few minutes ago. We've now got a lot of that online, and you just go to almonds.com slash harvestdust, and you'll see the videos that we've developed that really go through it step by step from pre-harvest to the sweeping step and then to pickup and all the different ways that you can adjust your machinery to fit the field conditions. And then we've also got links to the various incentive programs that growers can access that can help them purchase a low dust harvester, which is another key way that we're tracking progress towards our goal of reducing dust by 50% by 2025. Well, I would definitely encourage you to take advantage of these resources for your business in the same way that Brett has. So thank you very much to both Brett and to Jesse for being a part of today's episode. 
We believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own, of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders, people like Brett Sill, may have sparked a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. And that's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to this show on your podcast platform of choice, and please pass it along to others in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together.